Okay, so we've got a really exciting episode today. It's, uh, a, it's I, I love this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like this is like this is maybe the first episode of Buffy where we start to move into this really like kind of like I don't know like operatic territory. Do you know these like mm. these characters, their passions, everything becomes so large and involved and and dark and and gothic in in a way that like the first series is more is more comic mm. book almost and then and then this is this is what sets us off um so Sadie what is the episode this is series two episode three um the title is school heart which we'll talk about by the way yeah because I don't really understand the title I've looked into this and okay. I've I have questions okay so okay. the title is school heart um, in which Parents' Night becomes an evil vampire horde who are not on PCP. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Kind of, kind of. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm determined that that exact formula has to stay for the entire podcast. Even for the point. episodes where it really doesn't work. Especially for the episodes <laughs> that it really doesn't work. Um. <clears throat> So school hard, school hard. Mm. So um, I mean, I had this thing where like, okay, I watched Buffy when I was very young, and also not from a position of like living in America, the United States of America, sorry. And, um, you know, when there was some sort of like collection of words together in a phrase or something, I presumed that I just they had a meaning that I didn't I didn't have access to one because I was too young, or two because I wasn't American. Um, so I guess I kind of all, always maybe assumed that, that, that school hard might be some sort of phrase that people use in America or as adults. Figures, yeah. Um, like was, the yeah. whole dangling a corkscrew from your ear thing. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah, there's you so just... much stuff in Buffy that you, you can't possibly understand if you don't have the cultural context. Or yeah, at all. Which, or at all. Um, so uh, apparently I looked it up today uh, and school hard is apparently ostensibly it's a reference to die hard. Oh, oh. Be- because the, I mean, all I can get is that the episode is like a siege episode. Okay. And it's like, you know, crawling around in the ducts and like taking hey. people off one by one. And um, in Die Hard, I guess it's John McLean's wife who's one of like the hostages. Okay. But in this, it's Buffy's mom. So there's like there's some parallels. It's not like Oof, that's watertight. Tenuous. That's tenuous. But even then, if you were going to link Die Hard to School Hard, would you not call it like Teach Hard? Or I, I <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel like it feels like it's like a, it's like a it's a weird it's a weirdly thin. Uh, reference. I don't think it's got a lot of traction. I'm sorry. Like, I don't think, like, I think for a reference to work, it needs to be recognizable. And I don't know if anyone thought school hard. Yeah. Because it's like die hard. Do you know what my favorite one of those is? Uh, um, what one? Right. So, <clears throat> so to give you the context, you know how in Edinburgh they built some tram lines. But um, it took years and years and years. This was like a while ago. Like, I don't oh, know, we're like, getting political now. I know, I know. So this was like <laughs> this was probably nearly ten years ago. But they they started to lay these tram lines in town. They closed all the roads. 
then it all got really messed up. They used the wrong type of concrete. They had to take them out and put them in again. So it took a really long time and people were really angry. You know, not, not me, I don't care. But some people were really angry. Um, so there were a bunch of posters went up around Edinburgh City Centre that were like campaigning against these tram tracks, right? So, you know the film Trains, Planes and Automobiles? Has that got John Candy in it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like a version of the, po- like a parody version of the poster for that movie. But instead of trains, planes and automobiles, it said, no trams, no plans and imbeciles. <laughs> um, so how how big was that movie? Was it? Like, how recognisable would that poster be? When I saw the poster, I'd never heard of the film before at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which made it even weirder. So then I can't even... I think I maybe, like, had to ask somebody what it meant and they told me about the film Trains, Planes and Automobiles. But even once you know that, it's like, right, no trams. So you mean that (laughs) you don't want any trams. Yeah. No plans, which then, I guess, means... So it's like, we don't want any trams... You don't have any plans. Is it not that there were no trams despite all of the work? Maybe that's what they were after. I thought, was, I thought I could, meant like that they they were just like they didn't want because people didn't really want the trams. It was, but yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. So maybe there's no trams yet. But then, and imbeciles is like, and you are. It just it just feels mm-hmm. like it, I just it didn't it didn't really work for me. Tortured. <laughs> Tortured. 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 Yeah. And again, it's not like it's not like a movie. Like, for instance, right, okay, if I was doing that, I would think, okay, what is a movie with a word like train in it that is, you know, something that people in Edinburgh would be aware of that I could riff on? And I would immediately think train spotting, right? Yeah, and then like trams. Because like train spotting and you could have someone with binoculars like looking for the trams but they don't exist. Like, oh where are the trams? Trains, you know what I mean? But like people who made those posters needed you, Ash. They did. And you know they were it was a fairly not like a high budget poster campaign, but like higher budget than you would think. Okay, good, 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 good um contextual uh (laughs) reference there for you, Sadie. I like that. What um what was this episode called in other countries if you look this up? I have on and um okay so I've only written down like the most problematic one but okay. I can Oh no I can remember I can remember one that was quite funny mm-hmm. which was um so I think the Japanese one was just um school die hard or like die <laughs> die hard at school. So like they were like look guys, you know, we we see what you're trying to do here, but we need we, people need a bit of help here. And you know what? Japan was right because we did need a bit yes, of help. We did. We absolutely did. It's been over 20 years and I've only today discovered what that was referenced to. Um the German one was maybe the most German title ever. It was like uh parent teacher night with obstacles. <laughs> Um, and, oh, this is, this is, this is not good. Um, so Armenia and Russia, um, a lot of the ones were just like school hard or tough school of, school of hard knocks or like, you know, something kind of along those lines. School of hard knocks, that's a good one, yeah. you know? Um, Solid but Russia, title. Russia and Armenia, Armenia said learning difficulties. Oh. Russia and Armenia. Oh, yeah. What are you at, guys? Don't oh. do that. Don't do that. 
maybe <sighs> maybe learning difficulties doesn't have the same meaning in that translation. See, uh, my my assumption is it does have the same meaning, but and they're that's like why it's you know, it's it's like it's like a package phrase, you know. Yeah, so. So I don't know. I feel like maybe we should should we get like some kind of scoreboard for the different countries, like when they go up and down in our estimation. Because for instance, last episode Germany really went up in my estimation with Operation Cordelia because of you know Operation Operation yes. and Operation like Plan, and I was like, great job Germany. Uh, whereas this this week, you know, Parent Teacher Night with Obstacles, mm, Germany you dropped yeah. the ball there. That's that's not the wordplay that I've come to know and love you for. Yeah. <laughs> Japan's um, doing all right. Japan's Japan, J- Japan, Japan, Japan has been like a constant source of, yeah, of joy, actually, I think so, yeah. throughout this. Yeah. Um, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I we, think. I, can we rename the episodes? Like we can choose our favorite name. No, I mean, like, can we just ditch the name School Hard and call it like Welcome Spike and Drusilla? I think that is an amazing name for it, actually. <laughs> so yeah, this this episode is called Welcome Spike and Drusilla from now on in in. <laughs> In the in the canon of uh, Sadie National Patrol, that's tonight. what it is to me. <laughs> or um, um, that's not what people on PCP look like. <laughs> Are you crazy? What did you say that when something bad is gonna happen? The episode does the episode start in the principal's office? I believe so, with um, Buffy and Sheila. Buffy and Sheila, the other bad and- girl in school. And these are these are the worst girls in school, apparently, that Snyder can find. He's pulled them out of class. Um, and what has Sheila done, Sadie? Have you... She stabbed someone with a pair of garden shears. Yeah, not a trial, as, as Snyder initially says. Which, do you know, if you stabbed your teacher with a pair of, of garden shears in my school, and now I'm not from, you know, Southern California in the 90s, but... That would probably be an expulsion rather than a let's give them the responsibility of parent-teacher night kind of event. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there were any stabbing incidents at my school. There were a couple of, like, knives and bags incidents, but... But stabbing a teacher as well, do you know? I don't think there were any teacher stabbings at my school, so I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. Maybe maybe you would have had to organise the parent-teacher night. My point with that is that, like, it's weird that Sheila is on the point of expulsion for, like, stabbing a teacher, but, like, not quite. But, like, Buffy really just, like, isn't maybe doing very well in school and maybe missing it's, some classes. It's not and a competition. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Snyder as well is, like, well, on the one hand, Sheila stabbed a teacher with garden shears. On the other hand, Buffy did burn down a school building, but at her previous school, and she got expelled for that. She hasn't yeah. done that at Sunnydale High. Exactly. Not so, yet. And like, yeah, I mean, this is a really weird move even for him, I think, that he mm. is pitting them against each other. I don't know if he explicitly says that he's going to expel one or the other and it's like a competition. Oh, is that the way you saw it? Ah, uh, I thought, nah, maybe, yeah, no, nah, maybe, maybe he doesn't actually say that. But he, he kind of pulls the two of them out and he's like, oh, so I won't expel you if you organize a really good parent teacher night. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's just a bit of a cruel and unusual punishment. Which mostly meant making a banner and some some terrible lemonade. Also, Um, their parent-teacher nights are way jazzier than the ones at my school. Like, we didn't have, like, punch. Did you you go to your parent-teacher night? No. Uh Yeah, I feel like I might... I didn't, like, go along to 
listen to the teachers talk about me, but I feel like I might have like, like I, I was a geek. I might have like had a similar job to Buffy at some point where I had to show people where the classrooms uh, were or something. Did so, we maybe, we might have actually had like music sometimes at parent teacher nights. We definitely didn't have punch. Oh, well, so you had music, but there was no music in Sunnydale High. So actually, you yeah, know, maybe mine was jazzier now you mention it. But yeah, I don't think we had any punch or anything like that. It was literally just turn up, go around all of the rooms and then leave. Yeah, we didn't have any like pretty banners. Mm, no, 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 there wasn't. Like, yeah, the banner that says like parent teacher night seems quite excessive, actually. Yeah, like, I mean, they know that's why they're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you're not, what are you advertising to us? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, and also Sheila's chewing gum. Oh, she is, yeah. So, I mean, she's Sheila does seem legitimately quite bad. That's right? how we know. That's how we know she's bad because <laughs> Not she's so much because of the gum. She there's several things. She's really into Cadillacs. Like we get a lot of signals that she's really bad. Cads. Cads. She's she's mad for a cad. Does she say? She's mad. Oh, when I think of a cad, I just get so mm, or something. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, the, the, her chewing the chewing gum is like the visual signifier of like this is a bad girl. She's chewing chewing gum in the in the principal's office. We weren't allowed chewing gum on the campus. Wow. By the way, because apparently it's really hard to get rid of tarmac, so yeah. they wouldn't let us have it. Uh, so they both leave. Um, Sheila gets distracted by her boyfriend, who's called what, Sadie? I don't remember. Hey, meat pie! Hey, meat pie! But she also says it, she says it in a sort of pally way. She doesn't say it like, that's my boyfriend. But then she's sort of like, kind of smooching with him as well. So, so I think she's got like quite a kind of a, like kind of, you know, like a, maybe like an FWB kind of thing going on with him. Like they seem to be pals. It doesn't seem to be very romantic, but you know. So Sheila, you know, she knows what she's after. Um... And then, uh, yeah, so you got the Scoobies. Scoobies are all chatting about the fact that Buffy has to run parent-teacher night. It's such a lot of pressure on Buffy. And, yes, yeah, it feels like this, like, even having to make punch in a banner, it's just extra pressure on her. As I was watching this, I was really feeling for Buffy. And I was thinking that being both a slayer and a high school pupil is quite a lot like the experience of being both a podcaster and an academic. <laughs> oh, oh, please, please elaborate. <laughs> I don't know. Like when, when Buffy, so Giles is all like, well, you know, you're obviously your slaying has to come first. And then Buffy's a bit like, well, mum says that school has to come first. And yeah, I don't know. It feels a bit like people are like, why haven't you put out any new episodes for so long and it's like well because i've been doing my bloody day job like <laughs> what, what do you want from me jesus competing <laughs> expectations um presumably you're talking about your other much more successful podcast <laughs> <laughs> rather than this one I've been, we have been putting out quite a lot of episodes of this one yeah <laughs> <laughs> priorities man <laughs> the other the other podcast has really really been fallen by the wayside a wee yeah. bit <laughs> just just tell just tell them to join us here they'll have a lovely i know time. i know this one this one's more fun <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think anyone anyone with split loyalties with split priorities with split responsibilities will 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 identify with buffy in this moment and in this episode you know anyone um, of our generation i think or buffy's generation Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fell off a flower person and I spent the next six hours watching my hand move. And then we have the entrance scene. 
Uh, Spike is not driving a Cadillac, despite the fact that a Cadillac is mentioned later on. I asked um, uh, the internet and it said it wasn't a Cadillac because I thought maybe it's a Cadillac. I wouldn't know either. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I don't know what cars look like. Um, But I've got car blindness. That's the way I've described it to Jamie. Just like, (laughs) like, and I will get into like one car, like like our friend's car, like 10 times. And then every time I go to like meet them by their car, I have no idea what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Dissipates from my head. I can just about hold the colour of a car in my head if it's an interesting colour. Yeah, like if it's red, I'll remember red. But if it's silver, it might be black or it could I'd be white. I'd generally be better off <laughs> memorising the number plate, though. Like, I really... Yeah. I don't see I, cars. I only know Jamie's number plate because it's Luxembourgish, so it looks weird. Ah, oh, that's handy. Yeah. And also the steering wheels on the other side. So that also helps. But even then, I'm still like, car, car. (laughs) Uh, But Spike arrives. Spike arrives. He, uh, well, we don't even know his name is Spike. This guy arrives. He knocks down the Sunnydale sign with his car very performatively. It's so badass. And gets out with his bleach blonde hair and his black leather jacket and says, home sweet home. And it's it's kind of I was watching this whole episode just thinking like it's amazing knowing where Spike goes, yeah. what place he ends up holding in the canon, yeah. given this first episode. And apparently, <clears throat> him and Drusilla were only supposed to be in it for like a f- few episodes. They weren't supposed for real? to be. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. But they just they were amazing, obviously. So yeah. they were like. I mean, I say I love Spike. Um, he's entertaining, but. He is nothing compared to Drusilla. Yeah. Drusilla's wonderful. She's my favorite. Uh, Uh, Spike's accent gets much better. So I was going to ask you about this. So um, you know that uh, I'm terrible at like British accents and Scottish accents and English accents. And uh, like I can kind of tell like the really broad strokes of like the vague area someone's from. But like. I couldn't tell you like what a bad London accent is or a good London accent unless I heard you know Madonna speak or something like mm. that. Then I'd be like, that's that's really weird. But also, I think I think I gave Spike quite a lot of leeway in this first episode because he's in vamp mode for quite a mm-hmm. lot of it, and mm-hmm. I imagine it's you know when the when those extra teeth and like wrinkles are on your face, it's probably quite hard to make some of those phonemes, you know. Mm. Um. But you think you recognize like kind of some weaknesses in the early expression of the accent? I think he gets much better. He does get yeah. much better. He's like, you can tell he's settling in and he's like trying his best at Drusilla. I mean, nobody's nobody's perfect, but pretty flawless. I mean, she's flawless because she's doing a very particular... She's doing like a kind of... Um, she sounds like the Artful Dodger or something. Yeah, <laughs> she's like 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 Dickensian street urchin. But it's 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 perfect. She's, it's, I guess it's I guess you could call it like stage cockney, but it's yeah, it's, it's ideal. Yeah, no, no, no. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, Drusilla turns up, and, and when she walks into the room, it's this really beautiful moment where he's turned up and he's been a total badass, and he's like got his vamp face on and everything. And then she walks in, and he, he turns around, and these little bells go, dun 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 dun, and then his face softens, softens literally into like a human face, but also softens figuratively into like a warmer expression. It's really nice to just see. Just simple, true love portrayed on screen in this way. Just a healthy, 
healthy, straightforward relationship. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I have to say, right, Devotion. so the first time I watched this, it was I was, you know, like pre-sexual. I was like eight years old, nine years old. So um, I knew what they... I knew what they were doing with Spike and Drusilla in a sort of like a narrative way. Like I kind of, I got that they were the sort of archetype of like two people that are like very in love, but are also like kind of a bit bad and stuff. Um, like Gourmet, Gomez and Morticia. Or Morticia. Mm. Like that's kind of what I was thinking, like Spike and Drusilla, Gomez and Morticia. But um, because I was eight years old, I just didn't pick up on like how fucking horny they are for each other. Oh my god! When she like cuts his cheek and then licks the licks blood, licks it off. I feel a bit uncomfortable about the fact that you watched that as an eight-year-old. I know it's so sexy. So, it's very like, the very erotically charged, and that's just like one moment in this episode where like every every bit of their their physical acting with each other is just so horny. It's great. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> and I would say that part of yeah. Look oh, she's amazing. People. Are they nice people? I don't want Mr. Dijon telling my mother I'm an imbecile. We find out that it is soon going to be the night of St. Vigius. Uh-huh. Which means that vampires are at their strongest? Yes. He's like a saint of vampires. Um and uh it's is he a apparently real saint? Uh, no, I googled. I couldn't find any Saint Vigius other than the one that's on Buffy. Um, that's so, kind of disappointing. I would have kind of loved that if there was a, yeah. a Saint of Vampires. Um, and yeah, uh, so they're they're basically all planning to attack Buffy on this night of Saint Vigius. Great. Um, what next? Uh, get some Joyce. Some Joyce time. Oh, Joyce walks into the bedroom and she's laying on some tough love on Buffy. Yes, and and then Buffy's dressed in these kind of quite childish pajamas, mm. and and Joyce in her very kind of classy night robe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it felt like they were definitely doing a sort of like a like this is the mother, this is the daughter thing. Do you know like yeah. in the in this relationship, Buffy is still a child. Buffy mm-hmm. is still you know Joyce's child. Joyce's responsibility for Buffy but then she says something that again is quite revealing and adds to our mythology of the gallery did you pick up on this she talks about when they moved to Sunnydale she had to start a new business start a new business so So I didn't realize that she owned the gallery this is this is implying that she owns the gallery or at least that she owns her own business which works in conjunction with the gallery like maybe she owns like an, an, an like an acquisitions business like an art acquisitions and you know she they, they she has like a contract with the gallery so she's like often working there but but Joyce is not yeah Joyce is a business owner mm. which is a new piece of information I didn't we, know that we'd been talking about how she'd managed <clears throat> to land this job in the gallery but no she created her own job yeah she did she, she made her own luck mm. Um, so yeah, we can all as- aspire to. to be I, I I knew I could trust on you to to catch a piece of gallery mythology. <laughs> <laughs> I face, okay. I hang on every single word that Joyce says and every word that's said about Joyce. <laughs> exactly, and this is a great episode for Joyce. It's a really good. This Joyce is a episode. really good episode a for really Joyce. Really good Joyce episode. Um, so Buffy's saying that I've got a lot of pressure on me right now, um, and Joyce is like, "Oh, wait till you get a job." 
And then yeah. Buffy's like, when Joyce leaves, Buffy's like, I have a job. And what is she Buffy's job? job? She's the Slayer, man. But she opens her um her little drawer full of her Slayer trinkets. Uh-huh. And I paused because I was see- trying to see if she had any communion wafers left. But she obviously... <laughs> She obviously ate them all because there was none there. Um, but she's got some really nasty looking knuckle dusters that mm. aren't just knuckle dusters. They've got like spikes on the end of each one, which I've never seen her use she's again. Badass. But yeah. I'm having so. a real tough time because I'm watching it on uh, 4OD, 4 On Demand. Oh, you've, and... you've got to do the bricks? Well, yeah, but also when I pause it, it doesn't let me see the pause screen. It puts an advert up. <gasps> No. Can you not watch on Amazon Prime? I guess. I don't know. Do I have to pay? Yeah, but you can get yeah. someone's login. I can't give you mine because I'm using Mums in Ireland. But there's, you'll know someone with Amazon Prime. If you tell them, if you tell them it's for podcasting reasons, they'll give you their login. Yeah. I'll find a fact. If anyone who's listening has an Amazon yeah. Prime account. Because <laughs> it's really, it is really then, tough for the then, purposes of this podcast not being able to see the pause. Screens. Yeah, so if you are listening and you have an Amazon Prime account, just email with a list of reasons why Sadie should pay for a membership to Amazon Prime. <laughs> and we'll take it from there. And how to start a new business, not to mention a new life in a whole new town. So the next day is uh, they're getting kind of set up. It's the day before parent-teacher night and mm-hmm. they're like starting to do stuff, uh, make banners. I think they're painting a banner at this point. Mm. Um, uh, Willow tells us because Sheila hasn't turned up and Willow tells her tells us that she is probably at the fish tank that's right which is a pretty rank bar yeah where they have raves and other things so rank um, I've never heard used this way before rank or does it mean is she she meaning like a kind of gross bar I think she means gross. Oh, I thought she meant like a a cool bar. No, no, no. I think she means gross. I wasn't getting it from the context there. I think it's I think it's like where bad people go, you know? Okay. I think I thought it meant like like dank. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um let's see what happens next. Oh yeah, so Giles and Jenny turn up. And they're like, on Saturday you're gonna have to fight some vampires. And Buffy's mm-hmm. like, well, I've got to get through parents' evening first. Really feel mm-hmm. for Buffy in this episode. She's got yeah. so much on her plate. So then there's like a very kind of expository dialogue between her and Giles where they like lay out the themes of the episode, which is basically split responsibilities, secret identities, the pressures on a young woman to Giles perform multiple roles in her life for absolutely. other people. Giles says that Buffy is being a tad flip. Mm-hmm. I guess that's short for flipping. I've never heard that before. I think so. I think maybe Giles is trying to like um Is that like California? Ca- Californianism. I don't know if like California slang or if it was like English public school slang. Mm. Maybe it's between flippant and glib. I don't know. Um yeah, I, my my theory is that it's accommodation. It's a, he's trying to accommodate in a Californian, oh. you know, way of speaking. Um and maybe not getting it perfect, you know. Um right. but the the moment when he um says like you're the slaves slaves to to television television. (laughs) all of you slaves beautiful beautiful i think that's my favorite of all of these sort of like 
get any laying done last night you're in love with an umpire i think slaves to the television is the best because it like ties into giles's identity so yes. well excellent <laughs> very well done giles like if you want to lie you need to start from a place of truth you know giles knows absolutely. that absolutely and he does probably believe they're slaves to television you know he believes yeah. so, so he kind of he, he he goes from there young people nowadays shall we go that's what's happening at the bronze ash I'll tell you what's happening. Buffy has turned up and she's studying at the bronze. She's studying at the bronze. Have you ever studied in a club? God, no. God, Um, no. And she's there because she's maybe going to see Angel. Um, There's some crazy dancing happening. There is a guy doing the twist. Yeah, like not just Xander, who's obviously we've established that he is is a mad dancer. Um, but yeah, there's a guy like in a red top who's properly doing the twist. <laughs> the guy in the red top's the one that I clocked as well. I love him. I think to, he's a professional dancer. To music that is really not twisty, twisty music. No, no, but he's really into it. Yeah. And um, so they're all kind of like studying there and they're, and then they decide to um, have a dance, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, What's quite, let's see, that one. Well, you get the feeling there. that Xander's being a bit like, oh, maybe he's gonna, maybe Buffy's gonna like dance off Paul on me again. And he's kind of, he looks like he's kind of trying to get in close. And uh, Buffy's responding by dancing, yes, but leaving room for Jesus. She's left room for Jesus. So this is what I want to say. I saw this dance as sort of like the kind of, um, the, 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 the cure, like oh, the ant- that's nice. The ant- the antidote dance because it's not just Buffy and Xander; it's Buffy, Xander, and Willow. And we That's talked true. about we talked about how Buffy had never like quite apologized to Willow uh-huh. about the specific harm that was done to her there, you know. And um, so it's Buffy, Xander, and Willow, and they're all dancing together as friends. There's nothing very sexy about it. How, however, I will say that like Buffy does do a sort of a like you know a dance, yeah, a dancing with her back while holding Xander's hands, but leaving room for Jesus. Yeah, she's yeah. she's left room for Jesus this time. Yeah, but it does. There is definitely a kind of echoing or mirroring of that earlier scene where she was not leaving room for Jesus. And and I yeah, and I felt but like the you're fact right. That this one feels a lot more like pure and wholesome. And and that is part of it because um, Spike is like uh, I guess he's he's kind of casing her, isn't he? He's like, mm. okay, this is my target. What are her strengths? What are her weaknesses? How does she move? Blah, 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 blah. And it's not spoken at this point in the episode, but but it really is... The, the, what he's seeing is that Buffy has this strong relationship with these mm-hmm. other two people, mm-hmm. do you know? And that, like, they're all dancing together and they're like a unit, you know? And mm-hmm. then he sees that when she goes to kill the vampire outside that they help her. Do you know that, like, mm. Xander goes and, like, gets her, like, a steak and, like, all this kind of stuff. So, like, you know, her strength is in the fact that... Her real like, power is friendship. Yeah, her pre- real power is friendship. So so I feel like, yeah, that mirroring of the sexy dance uh, is, is almost like closing that chapter and saying, mm. you know what, there's been some trials there, but these guys, they're, like, solid as a rock. You're absolutely right. Spike walks in and tells... A much taller man to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's trying to set a trap for Buffy. Oh, is that what it is? Or he's kind of setting a trap for the guy, really, because I think he knows that Buffy's going to kill him. Oh, okay. So he's saying, go outside, because then he goes and he's like, oh, there's a guy out there. He's trying to bite someone. Oh, oh the taller man's vampire. Did not get that. It was the same guy. Okay. Wait, so you just thought he was... 
telling. I just didn't oh, like, go, oh, like they do great croissants here at the bronze. <laughs> they do ice cream and all sorts. They do yeah, ice cream. Yeah, he can do anything. No, right, no, no, that no, guy's no. vampire. Got you. Got you. Sometimes it's confusing because their faces change when they become vampires, though. So. Yeah, no, no, but they're 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 undercover. They're on stealth stealth mission. Um, uh, but this is a really good scene though. Uh, just when when Spike's watching Buffy because it's um, you know you talked about like the first episode of this series where you're seeing Buffy from the outside, mm. like as other people see her. Mm. Like the the episode is written to be like, oh, we don't understand why she's acting the way she's acting, mm. and like as viewers, we're sort of like her friends wondering what's wrong. And then this episode again, just that particular scene, it's like you know you have this moment of seeing how Buffy seems from the outside and the way it's mm. filmed and the way the music comes in. It's it's all very, very well handled, I thought. Mm, I agree. It's a good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes out back and fights the vampire that Spike said to go and get something to eat. Um, Xander helps Buffy by finding a steak for her. Um... He also finds a tampon on the way, which freaks him out. You know, do yes. you notice that? Yeah. Is that in his bag? No, it's in Buffy's bag. Okay. Is that Buffy's yo-yo then as well? Yeah, I think she had a yo-yo in the last oh, episode I would briefly. Not put Buffy down as someone who had a yo-yo, but then I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that age in the nineties. What do I know? Yeah, I mean, they were. Was this ninety-eight? Yeah, yo-yos yo-yo- were pretty big. Yeah, yo-yos had I a re- it was, was like the second. Olds, but no, nah. no, no, no. That was, that was the second wave of yo-yos. I think the okay. first wave of yo-yos was maybe like in the eighties or something. Right. And then in ninety eight, it was yo-yos. And then after yo-yos, I think it was scooters. Okay. Remember the scooters? You know, like not not with not with um micro scooters. Yeah, like not the ones that had like engines, just like like skateboards, but with like a big thing yeah. on them that you could yeah. hold on to. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, yo-yos. I had a yo-yo. I think the yo-yos came after Pogs. Yeah. And maybe after Pokemon cards? First wave. Mm, yo-yos were sort of concurrent with Pokemon cards and Pokemon lasted longer. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, we're probably revealing our age here. Uh, <laughs> anyway. We've, we've, we've done that already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Buffy kills the bad guy, and then Spike comes out giving a very kind of, like, yeah. pantomimic clap, um, uh, says some kind of vaguely threatening things, and then leaves. So Buffy is aware that there's a guy who's trying to kill her. Mm. Um, our two kind of antagonists have met each other. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the episode's set up now, do you know? Um, then Sheila gets, uh, kidnapped by Spike for Drusilla. Yeah, yeah, she's walking outside with these two twonks, uh, and I, I don't know what their names are, but she's like, oh, which is which? And she goes, wait, let me guess, this guy, like, you're the one with the tattoos, but, like, the other guy also has tattoos, so, you know. Yeah, she's drunk, she's drunk at this point. She's very drunk. She's trashed. Um, and then, yeah, Spike kills them, makes quick work of them, and then she runs after Spike because, um, she does bad. And yeah, she's... I see. she does get kidnapped, but, like, at this point, she's, like, chasing for Spike because he's a bad boy and she likes bad yeah. boys because she's bad. And, 
And this is this is what bad people do. Bad people mm-hmm. leave a club with two men and then chase another man. And mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit of one of these situations. It's where it's like, oh well, you know what? Maybe the show was setting us up to not feel much sympathy for Sheila. I think that might have been the case. Yeah. Yeah. Just the feel of the leather makes me want it. Then then what happens? Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, so they're all they're all chatting in the library. Mm. Angel strolls on in. Angel um, strolls in. Presumably he's been invited into the school at some point, but my school, you did need to sign in at the reception desk. <laughs> well, that was the case <laughs> in my if school. You've been invited in. So Angel, well, one, Darla, in the first episode, in the cold open of the first episode, mm-hmm. enters the school, and we've we've at various points seen vampires within the school, um, and it's part of the Buffy lore that public buildings don't require invitations. I, okay. And Angel does mention later in series two, no spoilers, but he does mention that the sign says uh, in Latin, "Enter all ye who seek knowledge." Okay. So, um, and I guess he probably has had to sign in at reception, but you could write anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe as long as you write, then you can you can get across the threshold. He's there to do some kind of like health study. But we 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 realize that Spike and Angel knew each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Spike is already plugged into the the lore of Buffy. You know, he's not just this new character that's turned up. He's he he resonates with with the mythology we've already been given, mm-hmm. which which you know makes us even more curious about who he is, where he comes from. Um, and then uh, Buffy and Angel have this like little kind of interaction about Buffy being coy and saying she might go to the bronze but she was always going to go to the bronze blah, blah, blah. and then Willow kind of steps in it by pointing out that Angel has been dating for 200 years yeah and even if he only went on two dates a year that would be 400 but then she stops herself and in very adorable Willow fashion just like puts her hand just like like lays it kind of like strokes this weapon on the counter and goes why do they call it a mace <laughs> um and it's it's yeah it's another one of those beautiful willow moments um she's great in this episode actually like um alison hannigan throughout this episode uh every moment willow was in it is both tender and hilarious i didn't mention that she's looking really fly in her dungarees in this episode mm-hmm. very john outfit john would very much wear this outfit yeah i could see that i could yeah. see that i mean yeah i was i was looking at that and i was thinking i was like well, yeah i mean also if John was a young woman, I think he would probably have pigtails a lot like Willow's. Yeah, well, it's a very practical hairstyle. Exactly, if you're doing... she's got quite. She has quite John vibes in many ways. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I can see your type. Mm. <laughs> um, and his type uh, as well. I think Willow's his uh, his love as well. Why do they call it a mace? Um, so then we start to get a little, a little bit more of an insight into Drusilla, into Spike and Drusilla's relationship. We have um, Drusilla's uh, Miss Edith speaks out of turn and will have no cake. Yeah, Miss Edith. Miss Edith comes back again and again. I remember Miss um, Edith. Her, her doll. I remember very little of the plot from the first time we watched this, but I remember all about Miss Edith. Yeah, yeah, Miss Edith is, a, is an icon. Um, and uh, yeah, again, uh, Spike comes in and 
um, then like lays on top of Drusilla on the bed, like while straddling her and like holding mm-hmm. one of her hands up. Like like ev- every single bit of physical acting the two of them do is they just cannot just, get enough of each other no they really cannot like they're incredible and i don't think that any other combination of two actors would have made the same impression that the two of them have like i, I think something really special happened when james marsters and juliet lando landed these two roles <laughs> totally, totally you know um so i think the next thing is just parent teacher night is that correct I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a nice scene of them making weapons in the library and Buffy chopping cucumbers for the buffet with a sword. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that she's chopping it with the sword is also part of the reason that the salad looks really terrible. I'm sorry, I wouldn't serve that salad, that, that crudite. Yeah, she's not done a good job of the lemonade either. She's not put any sugar no. in the lemonade, has she? No, no, and and we find that out through Willow's amazing facial acting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but you know, like, but I I don't you know Buffy's got other things on her mind. I I I get that, but um, but also her life would be easier if she used the right tool for the right job. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I like know. a sword isn't the best thing to cut a cucumber with. You, do you said know? like Joyce, but whatever. I'm sorry. Okay. I just want to make her life easier for her. Do you know? That's a compliment, like... by the way. You like <laughs> Joyce. <laughs> Even slaves get minimum wage. But, oh, yeah, so something that we kind of mentioned here is that Joyce... So Cordelia... Cordelia recognizes a queen because Joyce approaches. Uh-huh. Uh, and Cordelia's just given kind of Buffy a total dressing down about her skincare regime. That's a woman who knows how to moisturize. Yeah, she sees Joyce and says, that's a woman who knows how to moisturize. Has it skipped a generation? And then Joyce turns up and Cordelia just like smiles at her the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like really eager way. Like she's really impressed by Joyce. And um, Joyce is was, really impressive. And it was funny because like Jamie asked me uh, when we were watching it, he was like, have, have Cordelia and Joyce ever had any meaningful interaction on the show? Or like, do they have any meaningful interaction on the show? And they really don't. Like, there's there's one episode where they do, but there's a magic spell that's involved. So it's kind of, it's not quite like, you know, a meeting of equals, let's say. I smell some fan fiction. Yeah, so, because this is the thing. I, like, I think I think I don't the mean, relationship... like, sexy fan fiction. No, no. They'd have a sexy relationship, but I think they could have, like, a nice little kind of day out together that could come yeah. about through some set of funny circumstances where maybe, like... They go shopping together and Joyce gives Cordelia some advice and maybe yeah. like not maybe like not the kind of maybe Cordelia's mum isn't as wise as Joyce. I just I can really see that okay. being a nice little story. I could see Cordelia um sort of uh internship at the gallery. <gasps> Right, Cordelia interning at the gallery over the summer, unpaid, of course, because she doesn't need the money. Uh-huh. But you know, just because it's like more of a network building thing that her father told her she should do, mm-hmm. and um, and maybe like kind of you know, Joyce teaching Cordelia about the the true meaning, the true value of art or something. Uh-huh. But like Cordelia teaching Joyce to kind of be let her hair down a bit, and like, yeah, no, I think I think I think this is this is a combination of characters that wasn't made enough use of during Buffy. And if I was we're, going back, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to start writing some fan fiction pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, I could see I mean, like I could really I could see a novella about uh about Jason <laughs> Cordy. Like we were already planning on doing our um 
Joyce at the Gallery fan fiction, so... Yeah. But now yeah. it's just adding Cordelia into that as an element. I love it. Um, and, okay, so then, after this, like, kind of beautiful moment between them, Joyce has uh, been taken around all the various different rooms by Willow, who's diverting Joyce from getting any kind of um, uh, input from the teachers about her daughter's performance at school. But eventually, Snyder finds Joyce. Mm-hmm. Takes her away to presumably tell her everything she already knows. Your daughter burned down her last school. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know what new you know, information like... he has to impart. Like, I think the idea is that maybe Buffy doesn't have very good grades at the moment. Yeah, it? I don't know. We saw her G- her her GPA whenever the internet demon took up her um yeah but we didn't profile. know what gpa means yeah, so we, we didn't, didn't know if it was good or yeah bad. we didn't know if it was good or bad that was a problem yeah um but yeah no uh but then when she comes back it's it's siege time it's school hard time school hard time and school think, hard school harder i think one of my favorite things in all of buffy is the fact that the adults think that the vampire... They're like, what's wrong with the, these people's faces? Because they have vampire faces. Yeah. And they're all just like, oh, yeah, it's PCP. <laughs> yeah, well, so this is the thing, though, because it comes, out, it. it comes out at the end of the episode that Snyder's talking to the police, and he's like, well, they're going to have to tell them something. Do you want the usual story? Gangs on PCP. And then Snyder goes, well, what do you... What do you suggest? The truth. So this is the so first Snyder time. Snyder knows it's not PCP. He knows it's not, but he is. He's enjoying. <gasps> he's con- he's controlling the discourse. He's taking Joyce control. Joyce slaps it right up. Joyce is like, sure, that's a good explanation. That that's what yeah. people's faces look like on P. The idea that um, when you take PCP, your features swell in this very specific way, and your teeth stick out. <laughs> <laughs> and your mouth goes all snarly. Are you looking at pictures of people on PCP? Is this what I, people look like on PCP? Because I don't think I'm, it is. I'm literally just looking up PCP because I'm trying Pretty to like. Certain that's not what happens to your face when you take PCP. Angel dust. Okay, so this is this would be maybe the the, the name that I know it by most. Um, I've never PCP. taken PCP or been with anyone who's taken it, but I don't think your face goes like that when you take any drug. I've looked up PCP faces and they mostly just look like people who've had a hard time. They don't yeah. look like vampires, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but there's a great tracking shot here, by the way. Did, like, you know, because it's like, it's like Buffy's um, uh, barricading the door and then the camera moves back and it's like a guy being like, what were those people? And the camera moves back and it's Joyce going like, is there something wrong with their faces? And then it's Snyder going, gangs on PCP and just the way they kind of... The way that the way it kind of reveals like one person at a time, almost like a chorus line. Mm. I, I really, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed mm. that. That was some great directing. Whoever, whoever did it on this episode, I wasn't paying attention. Um, and uh, yeah, then, then, then uh, Buffy gets an opportunity to like kind of show off her skills. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Snyder is is being like a wee a wee scrote. Uh, and um, Buffy is like, no, like I can handle this. You guys, you have to stay here. And um, Joyce is like, don't go out there; they're dangerous. And she goes, I know. That's why I'm going up here. And and you know, she's starting to she's starting to be able to show off her strengths, her strengths that maybe aren't captured 
uh, by her GPA, whatever mm -hmm. that is. Hey, what are you doing? There are at least three vampires in that hall. Buffy ends up getting across to Giles in the library and Giles is about to break out. Mm-hmm. Just as Buffy arrives. So do you have any anything here in your notes? Anything around this area? Is this the bit where Buffy tells Giles that he needs to save Joyce if she can't? And yes. Giles is like all heroic and manly and he's like, you're bloody right I will. You're bloody right I will. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. And then he gets to do that in front of Jenny as well. So there's a little bit of triangulation yeah. happening here. I'm not saying oh, that yeah. Giles isn't invested in saving Joyce's life, but it may also be an opportunity for him to to demonstrate his virility to Missy. Definitely. So is is it then? Is it um, Angel turns up with uh, with Xander as bait? Yes. So we get the first meeting between Angel and Spike. Well, sort of. So so Angel. Xander went to get Angel, right? So Xander's mm -hmm. gone to get Angel to help. And then presumably, I kind of assumed they'd had some sort of chat on the way to the school where Angel was like, look, I'm going to pretend to be my former baddie self who doesn't have a soul when I see Spike because that's gonna, that's how we're going to sort of double cross him. And Xander's like, okay. like I, I presume Xander's in on it at this point. Yeah, well, no, I think that I, I took it as that um, Angel, because he's really bad at communication, has just not said anything to Xander at all. And well, I mean, yeah, Angel's not the best communicator. Yeah, yeah, no, he's really if not. If I was Angel, I would have had to wee chat to Xander about that on the way. Yeah, but like we've 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 discussed a few times here about how Angel is, is just, yeah, he's, he's not very good at using his words um, because Xander seems quite surprised. Uh, I don't feel like there's any indication that he's given him warning about what he's about to do. Mm. Which, similarly to how he stalked Cordelia in the last episode, there's something quite inconsiderate about Angel towards the yeah towards the fears of mortal children. Mm -hmm. And Xander might not look like a child, but within the universe of Buffy, he is a child. He's a yeah. he's yeah. a mortal child, and you know, just give him a wee heads up. Yeah, yeah. And Xander quite rightly points this out later. So Angel kind of does this. Angel, you know, they see Spike and Angel's like, hey, it's your old pal, your old buddy, evil Angelus, who doesn't have a soul. I'm still really bad. Let's drink Xander's blood. And Xander points out quite rightly later that um, at that point, the two of them are like about to drink Xander's blood and Angel's buff bluffing and he's like yeah I'm gonna drink Xander's blood and then it's actually Spike who stops this and punches Angel in the face because he realizes that Angel's not bad anymore um, and he's got his soul back but like if he hadn't done that Angel didn't have a way out <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, he would have just, Xander would have had a couple of holes in his and neck. And Angel's like jokingly, like when Xander's like, were you actually going to drink my blood? Angel's like, ha yeah. But like, he he also was. Mm. He was just going to yeah. eat Buffy's pal. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that would endear him to Buffy very much at all no. either. Um, so. I don't so know, I, maybe he was going to like stop and punch Spike in the face, but he doesn't give any indication of that at the time. Yeah, I feel like this was a little bit of a scripting fail in a sense. Like, it didn't really take into effect all the dynamics that are at play in that particular scene. However, one dynamic that it was very focused on was the homoerotic uh, 
tension of the entire of the entire scene um because i mean i get it sometimes i can see how as a script writer or a fan fiction writer sometimes you get caught up in really diving into that homoerotic tension and you forget about the other relationships that play in the scene i get that because like the two of them chowing down on this on this uh guy at the same time together i mean and again, as I say, we've just recorded our episode where we go into the histories of Spike and Angel and all of that. And and in diving into that, mm-hmm. realizing just how erotically charged their, their friendship is. That wasn't ostensibly uh, what that episode was about, but it came up. Yeah, it came up a lot. Um, you you know you'll see if you if you see the flashbacks. Um, mm. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of very competitive rivalry, but it's also yeah there's there's. there's there's, there's some erotic charge to it as well. But anyway. You get the hell away from my daughter. But I feel like basically at this point, um, Buffy has started releasing the, the adults from the bed, mm. from the bedroom, from the room they're locked into. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joyce starts to see glimpses of her daughter's resourcefulness, but mm-hmm. not enough to know what the actual what the actual story is. You know, through the crack in the door very symbolically she you know she sees kind of a hand go up and go down and you hear the sounds of a vampire turning into dust but you don't see anything mm-hmm. um and so they're all being ushered out they're all being ushered out of the out of the school um and then buffy turns up for her fight with spike fighty fighty fight well it's not really fighty fighty fight it's kind of talky talky talk hmm. you know like there is a bit of fighting happening, but a lot of it is just that kind of build-up of, um, you know, Buffy being like, we don't need our weapons. And oh, yeah, I remember this. We- I don't really remember it. Yeah, there's, like, trash talk. Yeah, and it, but it's all for, like, we don't need our weapons. You know, come on, like, primal, like, you, me, let's do this. Do you mm-hmm. know, it's a very... There's something, there's something again, quite, uh, quite erotic about the encounter between Buffy and Spike, which maybe is a foreshadowing something. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Um, they have their fight, um, and it looks like Spike may even be about to best Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who frustrates that? Joyce. Joyce comes in, saves the fucking day. Joyce saves the fucking day. By whacking Spike on the head with the axe. And saying, um, you get the hell away from my daughter. Nobody lays a hand on my little girl. Which um, weirdly made me think of Aliens. You know the bit where uh, Ripley shouts like, stay the hell away from her, you bitch, at the yeah. at the Queen Alien. Um, yeah. It felt, felt a little bit like that. Um, Jamie also asked me, why the fuck did Joyce not just use the sharp end of the axe? That would make way more sense. And I was like, because J- Joyce, is, Joyce runs a gallery, man. Like, you know, she's she's just trying to mobilize this guy. I don't think she's ready to split someone's skull into, do you know? Yeah, right enough. Joyce at this point thinks it's like some guy in a gang who yeah, exactly. is on PCP. Like, like, I think Joyce is uh, not someone who would think someone deserves to die just because they're on PCP. Exactly. But maybe if they're going to attack her daughter that they might deserve to she be knocked out. She would maybe out. hit them with the blunt end of an axe. With the blunt the end of an axe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get um, and uh, then uh, Spike's response is just to go, women, and run out, which is a nice little moment. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah, I like their chat outside as well because Joyce is just she just gives Buffy like just oh, it's just great mothering from Joyce, as Such we've come to expect. Mothering. She's like, you know what? I don't even care about your grades that much. I'm just proud of you for being able to handle yourself in a crisis. She's just got like, she's got so much wisdom, so much eloquence. She just yeah. loves her daughter. Oh. She she sees the strength, do you know? And 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 also, do you know me? Where does it come from? Because Joyce yeah. was there knocking Spike out with a with an axe. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. she's raised she she's raised a daughter in her in her own image. You know? Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's wonderful. That's like a really lovely part to come at the end of this episode. Totally. Uh, Snyder is kind of in on it. He knows what's going on. Yeah, we see we see that chat with the police that happens. Um, which and then, oh, no, no, just which kind of like sets the scene a little bit for series three. Whenever uh-huh. we start to get more of this, um, like with every with with series three and series four, there's like escalating levels of uh, authorities' knowledge of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. You know, but in series two, we're still sort of kind of just seeding it, just kind of like yeah, little little things here and there to let you know that they know little things. And then Spike um, kills Colin, who he calls the annoying one. Who's still you know, sitting down. Sitting because, down. Every- yeah, I guess he kills him because he is going through puberty. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin has been sitting down the whole episode, still has a really squeaky little boy's voice. His voice hasn't broken yet. Still sitting down. And then even when he throws him in the cage, he's like sitting down in the cage. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, how big was this growth spurt, guys? Yeah, or did they just man. or did they just panic about it and be like, oh, shit, like we can't even show one extra inch. Better, um, better kill him before he his voice breaks. But it's part of making him feel very not threatening. I mean, obviously he's a little child, so it's very hard to make them threatening. Although, you know, it's been done. Yeah. But but the fact that he's constantly like sitting on a crate with his legs dangling <laughs> just really kind of punctures any sense of threat that he could have. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, Spike, Spike lets them know, lets them know that there's a new boss in town. And I guess we're probably going to see some more of Spike, aren't we? Darling, are you going to eat something? I'm not hungry. I think in, you know, um, conclusion, uh, this is when series two kicks off for me. Mm. I agree. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously because the two of them become like such a huge plot part of it and everything, but just the way way it's dealing with themes without being kind of monster of the week exactly, the way it's sort of using all of the different characters to their strengths at once it's like it's figuring out how to use them all as ensembles um and it's like it's moving into themes of Buffy as a slayer rather than Buffy as a teenage girl as well Mm. do you like the first series it's all like this is a metaphor for this teenage thing and this is a metaphor for that teenage thing whereas series two starts being like okay now let's accept Buffy on her own terms and let's think of it like let's think of like let's accept that okay if the slayer existed what would be the dramas that the slayer would um encounter rather than what are teenage things that we can create a metaphor for mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i think you start to see that here but i'm still gonna use that formula to describe every single episode oh no 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 i don't want that to go anywhere that has to stay <laughs> 